Okay, good morning once again. Appreciate everyone being here this morning. Um, and we have Brother Eddie is gone this morning, so I was just making sure that somebody's going to ring the bell this morning. I didn't want to keep you uh, past uh, 11 o'clock, but uh, Brother Mike will take care of that for us this morning. And so uh, I know we have some visitors with us this morning as well, and so just kind of keep everyone up to uh, speed as to what we're doing in our Bible class this morning is we are talking about the eldership. Uh, we're going to do this for uh, the month of March and April, and then, or excuse me, April and May. Let's see, I'm already, already forgetting that we're already in April already. But uh, April and May, we're going to be doing uh, these series of lessons. Uh, starting in May, uh, we're going to preach some sermons from the pulpit as well. And then come the first week of June, and I'll explain this a little bit more later, is we're going to uh, start the process of uh, appointing elders. And so... Um, I'll talk, that's really what the basis of this class is this morning, but I want to finish my thoughts from uh, last week, and let's see if I can get this to work. Um, here we go. Okay, so this is where we left off last week, and we were talking about the responsibilities uh, of the eldership, and you have to excuse me, I've got to uh, move between a couple of different slides, but we, uh, we, we talked about the past couple of weeks, right? Uh, what is an elder? Uh, the biblical definitions of an elder, uh, you know, what, what history, what happened in church history that as uh, churches sort of stepped away from God's design for a leadership within the church, you know, we, we spent a lot of time actually talking about that because we've seen the devastating uh, happenings when a man took it upon himself to design the church in his way as far as leading it. And we, you know, we noticed uh, just a lot of unscriptural uh, organizations of uh, church leadership, uh, such as a one-man pastor system or having uh, a bishop or a pope uh, who's in charge of the church. And we've noticed, you know, really the consequences of what happened because of that. Uh, we, we've talked about, so if you remember that box, those four boxes where we talked about, okay, we can fall into one of these, right? We can be either organized, unorganized, scriptural, unscriptural. And we noticed uh, those. We, we talked about those three Greek terms, Again, you know, we're going to hammer these home uh, throughout the next couple of months. Presbyteros, elder, right? Uh, uh, episkopos, overseer or bishop. And then poimen, shepherd, pastor. Again, whenever you see those terms in scripture, elder, bishop, overseer, uh, shepherd, pastor, uh, you know, again, that's in reference to this, um, this individual, uh, this elder. And so... Uh, we also talked about uh, plurality of elders, uh, the Bible talks about. We've talked about how this is a, 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 to be male leadership and also to be autonomous, right? Elders uh, don't have charge over, you know, the congregation down the road. Uh, they are simply overseeing the flock that they are a part of, shepherding that flock. And so um, let me skip back to uh, the page that I need to get back to, and we'll see... Again, uh, where we left off last week, we were talking about some of the responsibilities. And again, we won't spend too much time here, but uh, the responsibilities of the eldership, knowing the congregation. Right? I've mentioned this plenty of times, but there is a book out here, out there that has this great, it's a great title. And it's about the eldership and it's called, They Smell Like Sheep. Right? I love that title because that's what an elder is. Right? A shepherd, an elder, is someone who ought to smell like sheep, meaning they ought 
uh, to be surrounded by their sheep. They're in the midst of their sheep. They, uh, again, they can't shepherd from home. They can't shepherd from you know, another city. They need to be involved in the congregation, being here. Um, again, we talked a lot about Hebrews 13, verse 17 uh, last week. And let's, let's just read that verse one more time. Uh, a verse that we don't often go to, uh, but it's a very important verse. Just one verse. Hebrews 13, verse 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable to you. And so, again, we mentioned that elders are going to give an account. Right, for uh, their uh, responsibilities of overseeing the congregation. So again, they need to know the congregation. Uh, the other responsibility, feeding the flock. Right? Uh, you know, a lot of these pertain to a shepherd. Right? So if you understand a shepherd and his role, you, know, you can see all of these different parallels as to uh, you know, what an elder is going to be responsible for. He's going to feed the flock. You know, is the church being spiritually fed? You know, that's one of their roles. Is, the, is the, the teaching and the preaching that's being taught, is it scriptural, right? Uh, they're going to be in charge of making sure that that uh, is happening. Uh, we just mentioned this, watching over souls, right? Soul, our soul, the most precious thing we have, right? Uh, and elders are charged with watching over our souls, Hebrews 13, verse 17. Um, you know, who's watching over our souls if there is... No eldership over a congregation. Well, again, if we go back to some of those unscriptural um, sort of designs of, uh, of church organization that we see out in the religious world, you know, they might say, well, it's the pastor, right? But uh, again, uh, you know, a, a preacher, a preacher, an evangelist, uh, you know, their duty is to preach the gospel to just the congregation here. Or to the whole world. whole world. Right. The whole world. And, and that's the duty of any Christian, right? But, but an evangelist, you know, the primary duty is to preach the gospel to the world, to the lost, to everyone. But, you know, you think of an elder. Uh, are, again, are they shepherding? Are they eldering uh, the whole world? No, again, it's to the local body, right? The, the flock. And so... Um, those who are going to be in charge of watching over those souls. And kind of on the flip side, and we'll talk about this in a later class, you know, but there, there's importance for elders to understand who is part of the flock, isn't there? You know, sometimes we'll use, you know, the term church membership or, uh, you, know, uh, you know, being, part, being part, part of the body here of the local church. Uh, an elder uh, needs to know who's part of that body, right, part of that church, in order to um, live up to those responsibilities uh, because they're going to have to give an account. And so, you know, it's important that they know who those individuals are. Um, rescue the fallen, right? Rescue the fallen. Uh, Luke 15, you remember those lost parables, right? Uh, you got those 100 sheep and uh, the 99 are safe, but there's that one that's lost. Uh, what are we supposed to do? Right, leave the 99, they're safe, go and find that lost one. Right? And who better to do it than uh, those who uh, are charged 
again, with uh, overseeing the spirituality uh, of the congregation. Right? Galatians chapter 6, uh, verse 1. You know, again, this, is, um, this, is, this verse isn't pertaining to the eldership, but most certainly someone who's in the eldership, we would hope, would have uh, these qualities. Brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Right? The spiritual, right? those are the ones that uh, Paul says, go out and restore such a one. Uh, but again, do it in gentleness. Uh, guarding against the flock. Again, th- there's a responsibility, protecting the, the sheep uh, from the savage wolves, which you know, the Bible relates to you know, as false teachers. Protect the flock from false teaching. You know, they, again, they need to identify who's coming into the congregation, who's teaching, who's preaching, uh, to make sure they, they know who's among them. Uh, taking care of the church. Uh, James chapter 5, we haven't talked about this verse uh, yet, but James chapter 5, verse 14. Now, this verse, it's my uh, conviction that this verse is uh, talking about uh, you know, the first century when their miracles were present, uh, where uh, when men had the ability to, you know, do miraculous things. But in James chapter 5, verse 14, it says, uh, Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church, and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil uh, in the name of the Lord. And, um, and again, here, here's the, you know, overall aspect of this verse is, you know, the, the elders are, again, they're, they're caring for the individuals in the congregation that are sick here, right? They're, they're praying over them. They're, again, anointing that, their heads with oil. Again, you know, that's uh, probably something to do with, uh, you know, the miraculous of the first century. Uh, we don't necessarily have to do that today. Um, but we get the idea, right, that they are taking care of the church. Uh, verse 16 of the same chapter. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. Right? And so when we get into the qualifications of elders, hopefully next week, uh, we're going to notice you know, that an elder is definitely going to have to be someone that fits that bill of being a righteous man. Right? And so uh, we'll notice that again next week. Uh, disciplining the unruly. Right? Titus chapter 1 verse 9. Again, next week. Uh, when we start looking at the qualifications of the elders, uh, refuting those who contradict. Right? They're able to uh, go, they have a knowledge of the scriptures is what I'm trying to say. They're able to uh, stand up against false teaching and, and that such. And, and then finally, being examples to the flocks. Um, how do we think of, again, in today's society, or in uh, today's you know, farming landscape, uh, how do uh, shepherds or uh, those who uh, watch over sheep, I guess, how do they, how do they drive the sheep? Don't drive. Don't drive them? Lead them. Right. Yeah, well, we, we ought to lead sheep, right? And uh, the, the eastern shepherds, they didn't drive their sheep, but they led them. And again, uh, we understand that um, whoever, uh, men who are put in the eldership, they're not going to be perfect. Right? They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to be sinless. We understand that. 
Um, but they do need to uh, take heed to themselves, right? They need to make sure their own lives are in order. Um, and I love what this one preacher said. But he said, that, you know, there's always going to be a few who are critical, negative, and unhappy. But a church w- will follow imperfect men who have as their goal becoming like Jesus. Right? And we, we need to understand that, that uh, these men uh, are not going to be perfect. They're going to have mistakes. They're, they're, they'll make mistakes. They're going to be those rookie elders. You know, we talked about that last week. Uh, they're going to make mistakes, and we need to be patient with them. And, um, and again, but, but they are going to be those examples uh, to us. And being mindful of the sheep. I think that one's up there as well. Uh, being mindful of the sheep. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 3. Uh, they are... The, even though they are overseeing the congregation, they are not to lord over the congregation. First uh, Peter chapter 5, verse 3. Uh, feed the flock, not shear it. I, I, I like that saying too. They're, they're to feed the flock, to not shear the flock. So that's where we ended off uh, last week. Uh, and if you excuse me, I'll jump into my notes for this week. Because we're going to uh, talk about uh, appointing elders. Appointing elders. You know, how did they do it? Um, put up a few verses here for us to look at. Acts chapter 14, verse 23. This is the, the first uh, spot that we want to start. And I tried to put as many translations as I could up there uh, that you might be using this morning. I know, again, I, use the, I like to use the New American Standard, but you might use the New King James or, or the King James or maybe the ESV. I think Brother Terry used the ESV, so some of you might still use the ESV. But uh, we're going to look at Acts chapter 14, starting in verse 21. This is Paul's first missionary journey. And in Acts 14, starting in verse 21, it says that after they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to uh, Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they have believed. So again, setting the stage, you know, Paul is on that first missionary journey. Uh, He's going uh, through, uh, if I had a map up there, we could kind of show you uh, Asia Minor, uh, the Galatian region, and he is uh, establishing churches as he goes, right? And so he finally gets to this final point and decides, okay, he's going to head home, but instead of heading just straight east to go home, uh, he decides to go back through the congregations that he uh, helped establish, uh, him and Barnabas and the others that went along with him. And we notice, again, that one of the things they did when they came back through was that they appointed elders for them in every church. Um, Again, uh, all of the major translations uh, use the word appointed. Now, again, if you use the King James, it'll use a sort of an older word, ordained. But they, they ordained them elders in every church. They appointed elders in every church. Let's move. Uh, let's go to one more verse, uh, Titus chapter one. There's only two places in the scripture where we notice, uh, you know, this process taking place. Uh, Acts chapter fourteen, verse twenty-three, and then Titus chapter one, verse five. 
Titus chapter 1, verse 5. Again, this is that important chapter, along with 2 Timothy 3, Titus chapter 1, that's going to explain the qualifications as we jump into that next week. But Titus chapter 1, verse 5. Let's notice a couple of pieces into this uh, verse. Uh, he, he writes here, uh, For this reason I left you in Crete, uh, that you would set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I directed you. Okay, so up here I got, again, the major translations. Again, you'll notice in red that all of them use the word appoint, or again, the King James says ordain. So, they, uh, so here Paul is telling Titus to appoint elders, appoint elders, appoint elders, ordain elders. But notice, uh, it's supposed to be in purple, but maybe it looks more blue. But notice uh, the wording is a little bit different each, in each translation. But notice uh, the New American Standard says, I left you there in Crete that you would set in order what remains. Okay, there's something that remains to be done, and I want you to set that in order. Uh, the New King James says, set in order the things that are lacking. Okay, so that one's a little bit more direct, right? Uh, uh, something's lacking here. So, uh, Titus, you need to set that in order. ESV, put what remained into order. Uh, sort of the same lines. Uh, the King James, set in order the things that are wanting. And then the NIV, um, I don't know if we have anyone that uses the NIV, but um, he, it's translated, put in order what was left unfinished. Right? And so we get the idea right, that there is something wanting, there is something unfinished, there is something that needs to be set in order. And he tells us there in that verse, Titus, for this reason I left you in Crete, this, it's an island, um, I left you there to set in order what remains and appoint elders in every city as I uh, directed you. When we talk about the eldership, and when we talk about this process of appointing elders, you know, sometimes, um, you know, I'm going to try to do my best uh, to use, you know, Bible words, right? And so, again, as I mentioned up here, uh, you know, every time that, that process comes up in the scriptures, it's translated appoint or ordain. But again, we don't necessarily use the word ordain today because it's got some other religious um, uh, you know, backing to it. You know, people ordain priests, they ordain uh, you know, ministers, that type of thing. So I don't think we necessarily use that word as much uh, because we're trying to s stay away from that. Because that's uh, when the Bible uses that word, it's talking about appointing elders, right? And so, you know, sometimes I might slip up. And might say something to the effect of, you know, uh, we're going to nominate or we're going to install or we're going to select, you know, and that's, that's not necessarily, you know, bad words, right? But uh, I'm going to try to stick to the Bible as much as possible and just simply use, you know, the words that the Bible says, right, uh, to appoint elders. And again, I may slip uh, from time to time, so hopefully you won't hold that against me. Uh, but appoint, ordain, means to appoint one to administer an office. And I think you've seen enough that we, that, you know, this, uh, this command, uh, you know, we, we can't take this command out of Scripture no more than we can, you know, eliminate baptism from the plan of salvation, right? Uh, I mean, it's dead set in the Scripture that, that elders are to be appointed in every city uh, that Paul says to Titus. I may have mentioned this before, I can't remember, but th there was a congregation that I tried out with, and I won't mention where or when, 
uh, uh, you know, during preaching school when I was first looking for a place to go. And it was a smaller congregation. And, uh, and the, one of the questions that, you know, I asked was, is there an eldership? And they, they said to me, well, they said no. And that was, that was all I got, no. And so I, I followed up on that, you know, well, uh, are, we, are, are you working towards an eldership? And all I got was no. And I tried to prod a little bit more. Well, and basically the only thing uh, that I got uh, any further was, was that was that it was complicated, right? Uh, so no, no eldership, we're not working towards an eldership, and it's just too complicated to explain to you. This kind of set off some red flags to me, right? Um, that uh, this might not be uh, the place. Uh, now, you know, obviously, you know, I, we could have been there, we could have worked there, been very happy there, and try to help change their mindset. But uh, on the outlook, you know, it... it, it it kind of hurt, you know, that, that they were saying, you know, we don't want one. It's too complicated. There's just too much uh, in the past history, and we can't move forward because of that. So, appointing elders. Okay. How does the Bible uh, lay out the process of appointing elders? Or where do we find the passage that explains how to appoint elders? Well, you're quiet, and probably for good reason, right? Uh, because there are really, uh, well, I can get this going here. There is no system of appointing elders identified in the New Testament. We really just read the two verses that talk about appointing elders, and it didn't clarify to us uh, how that was to happen. Um, Again, you know, the apostles in Acts chapter 14, uh, they helped appoint those elders. In Titus chapter 1, Titus the evangelist helped appoint those elders. But as far as selection of an eldership, it's left to the local church, isn't it? Um, uh, the local church has liberty as far as how they might go about doing this. Um, why do it that way? Why not just hire a third-party consultant. You know, maybe there's some guy out there who says, you know, I'm an expert in elders, and so hire me to come in, and I'll find your elders for you. Why might that not be a good idea? Okay, that's, yeah, that's the obvious answer, right? Uh, that, that we don't find that in Scripture. Well, what else? Why else would we not want to do that? They wouldn't know the congregation, would they? Uh, they would be going by maybe hearsay. Uh, they would be going by maybe a, you know, a meeting uh, with, uh, uh, with meeting some people for one or, or two times. But they really they don't know the congregation. Um, there, there's better harmony when the membership chooses the leadership. Uh, turn with me to Acts chapter 6 real quick. Acts chapter 6. This is not in reference to the eldership. And some uh, believe that this is in reference to maybe the first deacons in the church. But again, the word a deacon is not used here. But in Acts chapter 6, there's this problem going on, right? That, that some of the widows are being overlooked. 
And the apostles, they have their duties. You know, they're, they're preaching, teaching. They're doing what they need to do. And uh, there's a problem arises in the church, right? Some, some of the widows are being overlooked. They're not being uh, fed. They're not getting that daily distribution. And so the, the apostles come together and they say, um, well, they, 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 there's these seven men who are selected. You know, one of them's Stephen, right? We, we, we remember Stephen. One of them's Philip. Uh, we remember him as well. The other ones we don't really uh, remember. But verse 5, it says, um, well, back up to verse 4. Or let's back up to verse 3. Therefore, brethren, select from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the spirit and of wisdom, whom we, who we may put in charge of this task. Uh, but, we will, but we will devote ourselves to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the statement found approval with the whole congregation. And they chose Stephen and so on and so forth. So you see here in the selection of these seven men, you know, the congregation was involved in that process. Right? And again, are these the first deacons? We don't know. Uh, it kind of looks like it, uh, but uh, it doesn't necessarily say that. But the point is, is the congregation was a part of that process. And so, again, we asked the question here this morning, how are we going to do it? How is the church here uh, going to do that? And so, first of all, we want everyone to understand that, you know, we all will have, you know, our say in that, in uh, the appointment of the eldership, right? This is going to be a congregational-wide effort, Um, you know, I know that there are some churches out there that simply re- rely on the evangelists to take care of it. A lot of them are smaller in nature, uh, and so they rely on the, the, you know, they say, look at Titus chapter 1 verse 5. Uh, the, the, Titus was to set in order those things, so we're going to let him go and, uh, you know, and select the elders for the congregation. I know there are some congregations that, again, uh, you know, will use uh, the men in the men's meeting and just go ahead and select from uh, there, but um, the process that I'm most familiar with, the process that um, that we're just going to continue doing, that was the plan back in 2020 before I was even here, uh, was to be this congregational-wide effort, and that's really what we're doing is we are just bringing back that process that that was about to be put in place in 2020, right? And uh, then COVID comes and. Uh, worship in the church uh, had to be sort of put on hold for a reason for for reasons, and so uh, again, without biblical authority, without example in Scripture, we have the liberty of you know again choosing the method that we want to use uh, or what best suits our needs. And um, this was presented in the the past men's meeting. Uh, it was given uh, to them to look at and to approve. And again, it's the same method that we were going to use or that you were going to use in 2020. And we'll explain this. Now, um, Brother Jack Hall, we all know Brother Jack Hall, right? He came and helped us out last summer, I believe, or maybe two summers ago when I first got here and helped teach uh, while, you know, I was uh, doing a different class. And uh, he's been an elder for over 40 years uh, in the state of Kentucky. And he knows a lot of churches. He knows a lot of the background and history of the churches. And I know he had his hands to, in that process back in 2020 of helping the congregation get ready for that process. You know, I've sat down with him in the past couple of months and talked about that process with him as well. And so, um, <clears throat> you know, it's our desire to, again, 
you know, we, to keep everything in-house, right? That we're, we're going to take care of this ourselves. And, um, you know, and we're going to go ahead and with the method, again, that, uh, that, you know, I've seen work in other congregations. And, again, was the process that was originally going to be done in 2020. We're going to be very transparent about this. Uh, again, we're all going to have our part in the process. So let me explain with, uh, I think we have about 10, 15 minutes left, uh, sort of how this process is going to work. And so to appoint elders. So prior to the appointment, again, that's April and May. That's where we are right now. Uh, you know, number one is pray, 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 right? Pray daily uh, about this, uh, that we can find men, that men will step up into this role. Uh, we're going to inform the congregation. We've already started that process, right? We're teaching this Bible class. We're uh, doing bulletin articles. We'll start doing sermons here in May on this. And so uh, inform the congregation. And then uh, another piece prior to the appointment is uh, putting together what I'm going to call an elder search committee, uh, ESC for short. And so we'll just uh, term it as an elder search committee. So that's pretty similar to you know, a preacher search committee. Um, you know, when you were looking for a preacher, you had uh, some men who were assigned to be this preacher search committee. Now, the important thing we need to understand about the elder search committee is these men are not choosing the elders, right? Uh, this, this committee is not going to pick who the elders of the congregation are. They're simply going to be doing sort of a administrative role, right? They're going to um, collect the information, and I'll talk about that here in a second. Uh, they're going to collect these appointments, uh, tally them up, you know, keep these things uh, confidential, right? And so um, they are not selecting the elders. They're just simply administering the process, right? Uh, you know, I was trying to think of a good example to use, but, you know, let, let's say um, this elder search committee gets a form back, and it said, and somebody wrote on there, well, I'm going to um, appoint, you know, Parker Tanksley to the eldership, right? Well, first of all, I'm not doing a very good teaching uh, or preaching if uh, somebody is going to nominate Parker Tanksley, right? Because he's just a, a 12-year-old child. But the elder search committee uh, is going to be you know, there to sort of, you know, uh, look at that vote and say, well, you know, obviously that doesn't meet the qualification, does it? And so, again, that's going to be their role as well. Um, again, it's, it's a duty that's going to be performed in extreme confidentiality. And, um, and they're going to be, uh, that, that's their role, is going to take in the, take in the appointments, uh, con contacting those individuals, talking to them, and uh, hopefully, um, you know, getting them uh, lined up uh, for uh, nominations. See, there I go again, for appointment of the eldership. So that's what we need to take care of prior to uh, appointment, April and May. And so, you know, you might be asking, well, who's on that ESC? And we don't uh, have that finalized yet, um, but, we'll, but obviously we've got some time before uh, we do that it's, uh, for um, people to be uh, on that committee. So that's prior to appointment. Then... Uh, the appointment, so June, uh, the first Sunday in June will be uh, hopefully when we can sort of kick off the appointment process. And so uh, the congregation will be given uh, a form, 
And they'll be asked to write down on that form uh, who they feel are qualified men to serve as elders. Uh, They'll sign that form. They'll turn that form in to members of the committee. Uh, This will be a two-week process. You'll have two weeks to do it. It's basically three Sundays, you know, from June 4th, I guess, June 4th, uh, June um, 11th, June 18th. Uh, on that June 18th, uh, we'll, we'll cut off that deadline. Again, the, the, the ESC will uh, meet together. They'll, they'll tally the, uh, the appointment forms and, and the men who have been uh, appointed by the congregation. They'll communicate that to those men. And again, uh, they won't like, come out and forward to the congregation and say, okay, you know, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one, this one received uh, appointments. But they will go to them in private and say, uh, the congregation has um, appointed you as an elder. Would you accept this? Would you like to go to the next phase of this process? Right? And so uh, that, that's what's going to take place during the month of June. Now, again, we talked about plurality, and so we need two men to agree, two or more men. And if two or more men agree, then we continue on to the next phase. If there's only one or none that agree to move on to the next phase, well, then, you know, the process halts, right? Because um, we don't have uh, men who are qualified and or uh, are wanting to take on this role. And so... Uh, from that point forward, the men are going to have to, you know, come together and, you know, begin a process of, you know, determining why and determining what we can do in the future to uh, help some of the men, uh, you know, again, move towards the eldership that, that, that the congregation wanted to nominate or to, again, uh, maybe it's some uh, teaching. Maybe, maybe there's just a few uh, issues to address. And then hopefully, you know, we, we kick off the, the process in the future, you know, maybe a year from now. But, but the point is, uh, you know, I kind of talked about it in my, my sermon this morning, is, you know, we can't just play, um, uh, you know, spiritual kick the can with something as important as the eldership, right? And so, um, you know, it's something that we need to review a yearly and to, uh, and to find men qualified and are willing to do that. But I am... Um, optimistic that we will find men, uh, that, that the church here will appoint men uh, to this role. And so we will move forward into this next phase that we're going to refer to as, check my time, uh, as the objection phase. Uh, so again, many congregations do this, right? They'll give two weeks. Uh, this would be in July, I think the first couple of weeks in July, where the congregation, um, they're, first they're going to be informed of the men uh, who uh, would be qualified uh, to stand before you as elders, and they would be given uh, two weeks, uh, or the congregation would be given a period of two weeks to address any scriptural objections. And you notice the word scriptural out there. I, I bolded it. I put it in all caps, underlined it, uh, everything, because, you know, if there are going to be objections to anyone, um, you know, leading the flock here, Again, they must be scriptural objections. Right? They, they can't be because we don't like the color shirt they wear or, or for you know, whatever other reason. It's, it's got to be scriptural, and it's got to be submitted in writing. You've got to sign your name to it uh, because the, the elder search committee, again, is going to uh, sort of be that lay, 
I can't say that word, going to be the intermedi- intermediary between the two, right? And so uh, hopefully they can, um, they can seek clarification. Hopefully they can um, uh, you know, make that objection uh, to uh, you know, find out the reason behind it and move forward. But again, if, if there are none or if the issue is resolved, then we move to the final phase. And that, of course, would be this confirmation phase. Again, this would be in July. A, um, we're going to provide a form uh, where it'll list the men and they'll just simply ask you to, you know, will you serve under the, the, this eldership? Uh, you know, and, uh, and again, based on a positive approval of that form, uh, those men will be appointed to the eldership. And, and that's our target date, July 30th. Uh, it's a fifth Sunday. Uh, it's our target date to, again, as long as this process goes smoothly, as long as there's no uh, COVID again or anything of that nature, uh, that we can have elders uh, by July 30th. And uh, then finally, the aftermath, right? An eldership has been formed. The elder search committee can be disbanded. Uh, we don't, there's no longer a need for them. And the congregation will be scripturally organized and, and no longer lacking as uh, Paul would say to Titus. So that's the process that we're going to use. Again, uh, this isn't uh, my process. This isn't, uh, you know, Wes's process, but uh, this is uh, the men have all agreed to uh, do this, do it this way. And again, it's the same way that we're going to do it in 2020. And if you have any questions, if you have any questions or concerns, uh, you know, let myself, let Wes know, and we will uh, do our best to um, to answer those. Just one more thing I want to mention. Again, when we think about in Acts chapter 14, you know, when Paul goes through those cities establishing churches and then goes back through and establishes or appoints elders in those uh, churches, you know, if you read the commentaries about the length of time that would have taken, you know, a, a lot of them will, some of them will say, well, it was only maybe like nine to ten months. Uh, some of them have go as far as uh, three, you know, two, three years took him from, before, from establishing the church and then from coming back and appointing elders. Well, the point I'm trying to make here is that, you know, it wasn't that long of a period of time, right, that, that men were qualified to be elders in those congregations, those brand new churches. And so, um, you know, let's study. Again, let's study these, uh, these qualifications, these scriptures. Let's pray. Let's study. And again, let's, let's love one another and encourage these men uh, who, uh, you, you know, you are thinking about uh, appointing to the eldership. Uh, again, next week we'll begin the qualifications, but I appreciate everyone.